right. Howdy do. Welcome back, everybody. Inner name here. I'm Zach. I'm Chris. And uh, yeah, we got our uh, glasses full and our bladders empty, so I guess <laughs> it's time to get started again. Uh, oh, welcome back, well Chris. Said. Another another long week for you, apparently. Oh, another fun-filled week. Yeah. yeah. The They're all fun-filled. Work filled. in the college industry. Yeah, <laughs> that happens. Yeah, yes it in does. college town, that's generally where college people happens. are working. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, big long week of work, but it's over now. Yeah, that's yeah. always the best part. It's yeah. the end, you know. Definitely. Although I guess anybody listening to this it probably won't be Friday for you anymore. So so sorry. No, it could be. I mean, maybe, there's a chance. I mean, maybe in a year it'll be a Friday when you hear this again. <laughs> You're just going back on the reunion tour. Yeah, I guess you can reflect on how. After you put out is. like a hundred of them, then you could just keep putting random ones in occasionally and don't have to do anything. Would anybody notice? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Please like notice. Episode 487 <laughs> is the same as episode 12, and like nobody notices. Yeah, we're talking about it's, it being our second episode. And, yeah, and it still has like it still has the same quality that you're getting right now. So, but yeah, welcome back to everybody. Even though we're rich and famous now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. By now, if you're hearing this at 487, <laughs> you're lucky. So yeah, um, I did notice today. That I read an article about Coors Light bringing out some popsicles. Oh no! Like beer flavored popsicles? <clears throat> yeah, beer flavored, but they're not. There's no alcohol. It's supposed to help you get through the March Madness, right? So what? It's like as a uh, promotion during the March Madness tournament. Huh. And Coors Light introduced new beer flavored popsicles, and they're calling them Coors uh, Coorsicles. Corsicles. Yeah. Coors. I don't know. We might end up trying that on, on crackers <laughs> one day. If I, I looked for them uh, the other day, I couldn't find them. So. I mean, I doubt that they're very good. But it says yeah, you have to I be 21 imagine. to get them, but they're non, I guess they're just non alcoholic. Interesting. So it means there yeah. could still be trace amounts, but they wouldn't freeze, I guess. Yeah, but, I guess they would be accused of peddling to minors if, uh, yeah. if you can buy them at, at 15 years old. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, then they get them a good taste of <laughs> right. beer on their lips. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. Gateway drug. Corsicles on a refreshing hot day, you know. Corsicles. <laughs> oh, that's like back in the day, skateboarding. Uh, there's a guy we skated with. We'd go into the store and get a big old thing of milk. Hot summer day. Though recently my dad was telling oh. me that Milk is the best thing you could drink on a hot summer day because it replenishes so many more things than water does. Well, they say that like after after a workout, like chocolate milk is supposed to be the ideal. Yeah, I've uh, heard that too. Recovery drink mm-hmm. as opposed to like Gatorade or right. even water because it has like all those vitamins and stuff. But I don't know. It's hard. I to... don't. I don't go to the gym, so <laughs> you know. It's but, hard to stomach milk when you're hot i can't imagine like after working out or doing anything be like you know what i need a good half bottle of chocolate milk. yeah i need a fucking quarter milk <laughs> yeah chocolate please i mean i get it the sweat dripping off of you can you imagine like that's the guy at the gym like that's the guy at the gym that looks like me not the guy that's like all ripped like that liver king guy so i picture like a little dribble running down the chin then <laughs> stuck in my beard it's stuck yeah. in the beard just the occasional drip off the beard oh yeah. quality entertainment yeah um <laughs> and on, as far as alcohol stuff goes there's a company 
called what is the name of this company i can't find it right this second sorry but they make a chew toy that like they make a whole line of chew toys that look uh, like i think alcohol. i know this story yeah i think i know where you're going and with uh i'll show you the, oh Ooh, wow always you didn't hear me. that Man, we heard that me, that man. always i forgot about oh, that sorry dude there's a noise that comes on when i turn on the monitor catch a little bit of duty um, bridges but yeah this is uh they're in a they're in a legal fight with jack daniels because they made a chew toy that looks similar to the right. jack daniels bottle <clears throat> It's the Bad Spaniels, old number two, Tennessee carpet. I think uh, I <laughs> think Jack Daniels sued. could afford to let them get away they're with that. They're being sued by them, right? But <laughs> right. then the whole article is like really written, like really punny. <clears throat> uh, a dispute between Jack Daniels and the makers of a squeaky dog toy that mimics the whiskey's signature bottle gave the Supreme Court a lot to chew on Wednesday. <laughs> The question for the court involves whether the toys maker infringed on Jack Daniels' trademarks and the justices were largely on their best behavior, not picking up on the toys' poop, humor, and puns. Still, with three of the justices either completely or almost totally silent, it wasn't clear from the arguments whether Jack Daniels' case is on the rocks or whether the makers of the bad Spaniels toy had been, well, bad. Like, the whole article is just written... Where is yeah. this from? Where is this article from? This is the AP. Like this uh, is a real. Yeah, this is I going see. like yeah. the Supreme Court is trying to. They're, they're <laughs> trying to put this before the Supreme Court because they're saying that like I mean it looks like a Jack Daniels. I mean uh, I I can see the argument, but just... the thing is is so they say that. Um, Which by the way, you should look up the picture. Yeah, if you're just curious. I guess whiskey bottle chew toy. I mean it looks just like it, same it color, does, yeah. <clears throat> but. The thing is, is like when you're trying to sue for things like that, they have to prove that they're trying to like convince you that it's that product. Like, in, right. Infringe upon yeah, they, their... There's no way that you're going to buy that thinking you're buying Jack Daniels. Right. And they're also saying like, you need to, um, what's the, what's the way that, <clears throat> they're saying that, <coughs> shit, I can't, I, I just lost my train of thought there. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're saying that not only does it, oh my God, Chris. <laughs> did you lose your training? Yeah, I totally did. Um, yeah. Not only does it, does it not infringe upon their product sales. Yeah, while Jack Daniels bottles have the words Old Number 7 brand and Tennessee Sour Mash, the toy proclaims the Old Number 2 on your Tennessee carpet. The original bottle notes it's 40% alcohol by volume. The parody features a dog's face and says it's 43% poo by volume and 100% smelly. Yeah, right? I mean, so... Jack Daniels sends out the statement that says, Jack Daniels loves dogs and appreciates a good joke as much as anyone, but Jack Daniels likes its customers even more and doesn't want them confused or associating his fine whiskey with dog poop. <laughs> the company's attorney files with the high court. Like, it's going to the Supreme oh, Court. Oh, man. Um, I mean, I can see the argument, but at the same time, like, really? She, she, the, the lawyer, she, she welcomes jokes at its exp- at Jack Daniels' expense, but that the toy VIP, that's the name of the company, sells the toy that VIP sells misleads customers and profits from Jack Daniels' hard-earned goodwill, hard and it goodwill. associates its whiskey with excrement. Like this is the real issues that matter. Yeah, hard-earned goodwill. I don't even know what that means. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of interesting too. <laughs> Yeah. You know, 
and then I lost my train of thought halfway through. So sorry. Uh, I think you, I think you found lost it. Lost it a little bit, but yeah. Um, Nobody noticed. By the way, if, you do, if we didn't mention this before, <laughs> this is Intername here, and you know, <laughs> and please, please email, email us there. at Intername here podcast uh, at gmail dot com. When it comes to emails, we did get a couple about. It was Fiberweed, which is the name of the product oh, that, right. the, that Cheech and Chong's van was made out of in, up in smoke. Fiberweed. And one of our uh, more loyal listeners sent us an email and said that was the first movie that she went to in theaters when she was like four years old. So the 70s, man, I guess, you know, <laughs> you can take your kid to a Cheech right. and Chong movie. No worries. By the way, Cheech and Chong definitely dressed in drag at least once or twice. So uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We're all corrupted. <laughs> That's what's wrong with me. It wasn't. It wasn't him doing all the lewds the whole time, like <laughs> sitting in a van that's smoking because it's yeah, made out of fiber it's weed. Made out of weed, fiber weed, fiber weed. Yeah, it's a. It never really took off. I don't know why. Yeah, it's it funny. Have. Something like that's what got us a lot of responses in our emails. Yes, <laughs> definitely. So, but keep emailing us. Yeah, please we're getting do. Them from all over. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, from all over, indeed. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and a couple guys around here. We live in Virginia, I mean, most of you know, but in Newport News, a couple of inmates. Uh, did you see this? I, I have it in my notes. Yeah. I was gonna where, yeah. they, where they use like I love the picture. Sharpen. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like the it looks like the hole that was at Alcatraz that those guys carved <laughs> right. in and then like slid out or of Shawshank. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so they used I guess they used like toothbrushes and spoons or something to dig out this wall of the jail that they were in. Um. Yeah, and then they escaped, and then they found, were found, what, like five hours later at IHOP eating, yeah. eating pancakes, <laughs> which is definitely That's... not like an IHOP event. I was thinking more of a Waffle House event, right? you know, like. But yeah, they got out of the know. wall. Apparently, they had to climb over a fence and, a, like, another wall. And yeah, they... security was not very yeah, good at that and then place. went to a fucking IHOP. It's yeah. like, dude, like, you're in the clear. You yeah, yeah. fucking stop at IHOP. No, yeah, yeah, you can, but not, not like, they're in Newport <laughs> News, so what are they, like, in Portsmouth or something eating at the IHOP, right. like at least go to the IHOP in like you know like Beckley, West Virginia. Yeah, or get something. away, like, yeah. Got to like, you can pancakes will wait. You know, you're trying to get loose. Yeah, that's some craziness. But the picture of the hole that they got into that wall is a. Uh, it's pretty impressive, actually. Yeah, they were one man lives in Hampton have been custody on charges including contempt of court and probation violations. So this guy definitely had issues of like not showing up. Right. And not following what he's told to do. Yeah. Makes sense. The other one, uh, Gloucester, how do you say that? Gloucester? Gloucester. Gloucester yeah. resident was being held on charges including credit card fraud, forgery, grand larceny, and probation violation. Charges related to the escape are pending, the sheriff said. So, yeah, they, they found them. Wondering where they got the money for IHOP. And I'm like, oh, well, you know. I guess. Well, I mean, they, they, you don't have to pay till you're done. Oh, yes. And then they're, they're, oh, I got to go to the bathroom right. trick or whatever, you know. So, a couple of hucksters. Yeah, a couple of hucksters. Um, yeah, and I was uh, also reading about this story that says that scientists claim that people who listen to Wu Tang Clan are smarter. And I definitely agree. <laughs> and the, the comparison was between Wu Tang and like trap music. Oh. And it said that they did a fair they enough. did a the average they li- they did researched on the uh, what people who said they listened to Wu Tang Clan what they got on their SATs and the people who listened to trap music and what they listened <laughs> got on their SATs and this was obviously not like a huge 
research thing. Obviously. I was going to say it's uh, not necessarily scientific. Well, it was a scientist. It, it's it, what's funny is the article says scientist cl- scientist singular claim singular. The people who listen to Wu Tang Clan are smarter. <laughs> right. I mean, some some scientists tend not to, you know, dabble in science. <laughs> well, right. But I mean, this. I mean. It, he found that the smartest students that he interviewed listened to Wu-Tang Clan average SAT of 1375, and the students who rung in at the bottom of the SAT scores listened to trap music as average SAT of 700. Wow. wow. Average SAT score for everybody is around 1,000 to 1,100. And uh, I, I, I would tend to agree. I don't listen to a lot of trap music. You know. I, I probably but have never listened to Wu-Tang Clan definitely music. like had a lot of like lyrics that were like they were talking about like metaphysics and uh, sure. like religion and all sorts of stuff and it wasn't just like, you know, party over here, party <laughs> over there and like a great beat, you know. <laughs> but yeah, so Wu-Tang Forever. Indeed. That's from that's from Boom Bap Nation, you know, one of the sites that Chris probably frequents a lot. Boom Bap Nation, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah that's that his, means that's his homepage. Uh-huh. Chris is really, Notifications on. Chris is really into uh, hip hop. If you ever need to send him anything, that's his. He I'm, used to have. I'm not like, anti hip hop like I used to be, though. Right. So, you know. Well, that's good because you got to listen to the uh, the newest hit from uh, Afro Man. Yeah, who, which was awesome. Actually, who did uh, the song? Uh, what was it called? Because I got high. I, I assume that's what it was called. <laughs> yeah, but the the new song. Is I think called, it might have probably had a might have probably. Probably had a different title than what we think it did. But. The, 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 no, I think the song is Because I Got is High. Is it? Okay. Yeah. I was like, he seems like a pretty clever dude. So I was like, right. it could have but a the different new one, name What was altogether. the new one called? It was called... Why Are You Unplugging My... Why Are You un- Unplugging uh, My... Uh, video uh, camera. Video camera or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he used uh, his surveillance footage from his home that had all the... He had a, elite, a, a raid for his house because somebody said that he was dealing with drugs or money or whatever. And the cops came and served a search warrant and found nothing. Nothing at all. Took his money that he had in the house, and then when he got his money back, it was missing several hundred dollars. Ah. So he he made a new song, and it was called... you got to look up the name of that song. i got to... Oh, yeah. Let me get on it here. So he used the, the, the security footage to put into his new music video well then the whole music video is like him just making fun of all the cops i mean he calls one of them beetle bailey and says one of them looks like castro one looks like peter griffin yeah it's uh afro man why are you disconnecting my video camera it is a catchy ass song (laughs) it really is so the police department is suing like the police officers involved in the video are suing him because their privacy was infringed upon by the way they're in uniform when they're serving this warrant so there's no privacy when you're in a uniform sorry and you didn't find anything they and didn't you find still anything. took some money yeah but he made this song and it is hilarious it's it's great and he's like incorporating his him hiding in the house from them looking like one of them's looking in the refrigerator so he's hiding in the refrigerator and under the rug <laughs> he puts a rug on his back that's like only like a third of his body size yeah they show you the clip of the of the cop looking under the rug it's uh it's good stuff yeah it's good. So stuff. it's like he's basically wearing like uh, hiding under a washcloth on the floor, <laughs> just to make fun. And he says the one guy looks like Peter Griffin. One of them looks like King Kong Bundy. He talks about like Beetle like, Bailey. He said that one. That one line's talking about uh, 
I sent your wife home with my name on her titty or something like that, where he'd signed her, <laughs> signed her uh, boobs at a show. Oh, Lord. Hilarious. So if you yeah. get the time to check it out, Afro Man. it's definitely funny. But Why are you disconnecting they're trying to camera. They're trying to sue him, and I don't think they're going to get they want all of the They want all of the money that this guy gets from his Afro Man brand, uh, under which he sells beer, marijuana, T-shirts, other merchandise, and they want money from all the money that he gets from the music video and the song. They ain't getting that, dude. Sorry. Yeah. And if they do, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyway. No, sir. Uh, fists up for uh, Afro Man. He's fighting the good fight. <laughs> fists up. I was like, what? Fist, fist and up. What do you need me to do? <laughs> not that. Don't look that up. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't look what I'm, I just That's not what up. I'm looking up. But I, well, that's good. I keep so, moving away from the mic. I'm going to turn this thing off again, so don't look or don't just get ready for the sound. All right. Because it's going to come again, and we're going to get. Oh, it still got me. Still, us. as it you were talking about us. it. We're doing some new stuff. So. Shat myself a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, now that we've caught up on some new stuff i mean i'm sure we'll probably talk about a, some other stuff i've got, got a some. news thing real quick what you got this is uh and it's a bear story oh really yeah we like our bear stories around yes. here well i mean i've been known to be called a bear <laughs> <Right? before. laughs> but there's this uh i believe it was a uh, an andean bear at the st louis zoo that escaped from its enclosure twice really yeah after the and it apparently a very friendly and playful bear but still like if you look up the picture of this bear it's like oh that's a big old bear though Really? <laughs> but he escaped the first time, and so the next time they – I'm having trouble getting the article to come up. But the next time they had to, like – they put new pieces on the enclosure so that he couldn't get at him again and somehow, like, managed to <laughs> release these these little enclosures as well and get out. And the second time he got out, he was actually walking in a public part of the zoo. Huh. And I've actually been to this zoo in St. Louis. It's a free zoo, and – one of the most amazing things I've and ever literally been to free because all the animals get to just wander yeah, freely. Like, yeah, but they have a lot they, of bears. They don't there, have any budget to spend on fences and walls. And stuff. They seem like they got some budget there, though. It's a very nice zoo as far as zoos go. I mean, it's a yeah, it's more like an amusement park. Damn so. socialist, <laughs> right? But yeah, they have a grizzly bear there. They have a. I'm looking at the polar bear. bear. He looks friendly, I guess. As far as I bears mean, go. as far as bear faces go, I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. They, you I mean, just they're kinda, taking. I mean, how many hundreds of pictures do they sort through to find right. a friendly? bear but they're moving this bear now to a zoo in texas because apparently they can uh, better secure it with a moat he's gonna have to be in an enclosure that has a moat so until that he, he figures can't... that out right yeah it sounds like he's bears a aren't smart dumb. bear yeah I, mean, I think we've already been through that one too and bears... if you look at the picture and then realize that his name is ben it's like ben, yeah you look like a ben ben bear yeah ben the or ben the bear, andean bear bear ben so, yeah, huh. I escape. thought that was a pretty cool story. I did see it. That's another escape story. Well, here's one. Speaking of that, I did see one about, because I didn't even know we were going to get into that, but a wild cat was found in Cincinnati with cocaine in its system. <laughs> and this was what? this was from March 10th, but it came up. So this guy, okay, so the guy got pulled over and had this, it's called a, mm, it's it's a kind of cat I've never heard of. Um, but like this guy gets pulled over for some traffic violation, and then this cat is in his car. Like it's not it's a his, kitty cat. No, it? it's a. I'll find it in a second. Um, it's a serval, an S E R V A L. It's a yeah. long-legged, big-eared wild. They got cat. some big ears. Yeah, I've seen the serval. Kind of looks like a a leopard and a llama 
mixed. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, it's like a little leopard, like yeah, a short leopard llama. They're a strange looking cat for and sure. And he had one of these as a pet. Well, it got loose, and then it climbed a tree, and then they were able to get it down from the tree. It broke its leg, and so they have it and taken it to a shelter, like a a rescue or whatever. Right. But they, they whenever they have animals like that, they always test them, and they found cocaine in its system. <laughs> And apparently, crazy. Apparently, this cat animals. was kept as a pet and escaped from his owner's car during a police stop. Right? Uh, that's when. That, that's when the cops, the uh, dog wardens, came to catch him. But there was another time that they went to this guy's house before, and they found a man. What was it that they found? Some other wild. That they were going animal. to serval a warrant. <laughs> no, like, so he signed over the, willingly signed over Amory is the name of the cat. Um, Amory. There's definitely, like, they, they found another animal in this guy's house before. Another, like, ape or something. Like, this like, guy, an, like an exotic a, animal. Yeah, like, he's definitely, like, that kind of guy that, I can't find it in the article, but he's definitely. His ego requires exotic animals. His owner, okay, here's, uh. Neo was the name of the other. It was a monkey, and it was it was seized by in his home after a veterinarian who saw videos of him of the animal believed he had been ingested Xanax and or cocaine and was in need of medical care. And then when they found that monkey in the guy's house a while back, he, it, they found it was uh, tested positive for amphetamines and Jesus. underwent underwent treatment and is now safely in an undisclosed location. <laughs> Uh, so the owner was charged on animal cru- animal cruelty charges on that one, but then he's nothing on the other one. Although he's paying for all the everything that the cat's getting right now. Right. But yeah, that cat escaped, and then llama cat jumps up llama in a tree cat. and breaks his leg. That's a weird looking animal. It is a. I mean, they're kind of cute. It's just like a cat's head on a llama's body. Is almost exactly what it looks like with the, like the printing of a yeah, llama. They're really or the, of the cat. They're really long, sleek cats. I'm sure they're. But this guy's got like, I think he needs to like have his rights to being able to have animals taken away. It seems to be something that might have to happen because it sounds like he's a moron. So don't keep wild animals, you know. Yeah. Or do whatever. Yeah, or don't be a moron. I do guess. whatever you, you want. Know, I prefer if you just don't be a moron. Listen to trap music if you want. It's yeah, fine. there you go. You know, we're not here to judge. Yeah. I listen to bard or bardcore. Although Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. That is exactly true. Yeah. They're forever. Don't forget that either. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. And I've got one more escape story all actually, right. which is weird that all of these news stories were coming across are escape stories, but <laughs> this one's only kind of. But these uh, five kids. Aged, I think, uh, I didn't, I didn't even look up the story. Aged like 14 and 15. I, I didn't think. look up the story, but here it is. Yeah, I didn't look it up. I'm just making this up on the spot. <laughs> uh, I have an AP News app on my phone, and earlier I saw this story of these five okay. kids in uh, New York City um, went into a sewer and walked down, I don't know, I think it said like a quarter of a mile, and uh, realized they couldn't find their way back to get out. And so they were actually able to use their cell phone to call the cops, and the cops came and rescued them. Really? Yeah. But the cop was like, yeah, if they, I can't believe their cell phone worked where they were, but if it hadn't worked, I don't know what we would have done to, yeah, uh, well, or what they would have done, really. I mean, they would have just wandered there? I guess so. Maybe gotten further lost. Befriended or... a rat that knew karate. <laughs> right. Or befriended, like, those underground people. Did you see us? 
Jordan I seen us. us. Oh, no. Yeah, like it yeah. looks creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's strange. But I mean, shouldn't creepy. it be easy to? I guess if you start making turns and stuff, I don't know what New York City's sub. Well, that's what the cop was like. like asked them. You know, it's got to be amazingly it's complex. Got to be pretty know? intense. Yeah, because they mean, walked a quarter of a mile but, and realized. But they I mean, were lost. New York's built on a grid for the most, at least the main right. part of the city, right? Like it's all squared off. I mean, shit, I've been there once. Yeah, but I mean, it's all night. it's all grids. It's all squares. Right. It's not like our town. That's like you know, this road weaves and meanders sure. and stuff. But I so mean, I you take a few rights and be a the, few lefts. Yeah, the, but I mean, like, how in the hard dark. would it be to find? But I mean, you, I've been to New York. I know that there's like all sorts of sewer grates and stuff everywhere. You wouldn't right. see a peak of light once in a while. Maybe like, not. Maybe they were just down so far. Yeah, maybe they were in a spot. Is where, the sewer line below the, the right? subway or above? You know, yeah. Like, yeah. Or in. I mean, apparently I, they, could, in. they could sometimes hear the sirens in. because the cop was like, "Well, you know, can you hear the sirens for the cars?" And uh-huh. They say, yeah, we think they just passed us. He's like, well, start screaming. He's like, just scream as loud as you can so we can find you. And that's how they found them. Either they, A, found a bunch of turtles, or B, found a crazy clown. Got a bunch of turtles poking in their pants. I'd be shitting myself I got lost in the sewer. <laughs> they, Old I mean, turtle head yeah, Chris. Yeah, dude. Just like I did when that sound comes on. When you Chris the runs here. at the first sign of any danger. <laughs> yeah, George Costanza my ass out of there. Yes. Pushing down old ladies and children. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but remember, the forestry department does not approve of that message. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Good, some good news stories. Escapes yes, the good, good news. Good, the good, good news. news is, yeah, double yes. good. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Double G, double O, D. Good. Oh, yeah. Double G. I gotcha. (laughs) I've seen those before. So, yeah. um, Anyways. Yeah, yeah, that one. Uh, I think that Chris is probably going first this week. I think that's what happened. Are we ready for me? Yeah, Yeah, might as well. I'm sure that people are. Already turning us off. Anxious to get on the the roll here? Yeah. On on the roll. Maybe learn something. You never know. Yeah, let me get my uh, my stuff up here. I um, was going to start by uh, going back, and um, we had brought up the Mandela effect last week. And um, in the, the midst of trying to answer the question you had, where it was like, well, do you think it was a false memory? I think that's where we got started right. on that. And I, um, first of all, on the Mandela effect, I, I vehemently disagreed with you in your uh, definition of it. So I went and I was like, well, you know, fuck, dude. I know I think one thing about it, and I don't disagree with what you were saying. That is absolutely most likely what it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but it was so crazy because looking, looking it up online, that's about all you can find is that, oh, it's just a, a false memory thing. And I'm like, well, when I was introduced to it, you know, quite a few years ago at this point in a different podcast, uh, Strange Sessions, by the way, check them out. But um, All right. they presented it as a, an explanation for alternate realities and uh, how it would explain like alternate realities and that perhaps it was false memories or even both. And so I'm not, I, you are absolutely correct based on the definitions you can find right. on the internet. Right. And so, I mean, and that's the easiest way to explain it probably. <laughs> Though for me, it's more fun to think of it in a different way. Uh, right. And so when asked the question, like, well, do I think they had false memories about seeing the UFO? Like, I don't think so. But. Right. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, none of us were there. So. Right, yeah. But 
yeah, I don't think it was a Mandela effect yeah. kind of thing because their false memory was so quick. Like, they immediately were telling the story, and they told that same story for right. 40 years. Yeah, well, they, that's... Yeah, but that doesn't mean that they saw a UFO. They saw something. Right. I mean, or swamp something gas. strange it's always happened. always swamp gas. <laughs> no matter where you live, yeah. it's always swamp grass. So, yeah. So, um, Mandela effect, though, for you folks that don't know out there, I think somebody was like, I'll need to look more into that because you melted my brain with it. And it's it's not that brain melting, really, when you well, think they of did, it. They did go to see Cheech and Chong at age four years old. So, <laughs> yes, I mean, they you did. Know, the brain was already melting. Yeah, and their name is Not Teresa. Not <laughs> Teresa, again. Thanks for getting in touch, Not Teresa. Yeah. But um, Mandela Effect, is, it's most easily described as like a group false memory, essentially. And and yeah. most likely is the result of false memories because uh, it's the original story, which I think we tried to cover. And, of course, now I don't have it in front of me because I thought <laughs> I did. <clears throat> what, on the on that? Yeah, just where the original uh, idea of well, it came it's from. about Nelson Mandela, right? Like, people thought that he died in prison. Right. But and he really died see, many years later. I'll read this uh Fiona Broom, a paranormal researcher, coined the term to describe collective false memory when she discovered that a significant number of people at a conference she was attending in 2010 shared her memory that Nelson Mandela had died in prison during the 1980s. In fact, the former president of South Africa was released from prison in 1990 and was very much alive at the time of the conference. According to quantum theory enthusiasts, the Mandela effect presents evidence that the multiverse does exist. This belief is based on the idea that within each, within each universe, parallel realities and alternate versions of events and objects are present and mixing with the timeline. In psychology, however, the effect is sometimes compared to deja vu and can be explained by the human capacity for confabulation, an unintentional distortion of memory. Huh. Well, so then in case, then I guess then you were right and you're thinking about it. but Right. And that's what I was like. I think we were both right. But I was right. kind of caught up in trying to. Yours is more play. on the QAnon scale. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Which I have fun with conspiracy sure. theories. Yeah. Well, I mean, right. even some of the QAnon shit's kind of fun to read. It's just uh, well, absurd. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean. Yes. And absolutely. that's actually even more absurd than the Mandela effect ideas to me. It's like, huh. Because Mandela effect, it's. Either way you look at it, but, it's I mean, not it, really it can, provable. You can lump in a lot of stuff, though. I mean, like right. the whole Luke, I'm your father. It's, it's right. really no, I am your father. I mean, and most of them. I think we're having the same discussion again this week. Yeah, we, we are, have. which I didn't intend to do. But, right. like <laughs> Sorry. If most of them can be If you're explained. one of the people that actually listens to more than one. Or if you've even made it this right. far. So, anyway, <clears throat> I think that's all I had to, all right. to cover. Although, one more thing. It's funny I told that story about alien abduction because Tuesday... Or maybe it was Wednesday. It was actually Did National get... Alien Abduction Day. Oh. Oh, uh, would you look it up? No, my phone told me. I oh. guess because I'd been researching all the uh-huh. uh, the all Travis sudden, Walton gonna, stuff. You now know? you're going to start getting stuff from those guys from I mean, like Area 51. Occasionally I would look up UFO stuff anyway. Sure, but, it's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, my phone told me that it was National Alien Abduction Day. Huh. Or did it? <laughs> or did it? Yeah, perhaps I missed it. Maybe I figured out how to send you that. <laughs> Maybe I'm an exactly. alien. See, it's way more fun to think about it yeah. that way. I mean, like, they're, they're just not coming here anymore. They see what we do to each other. They're not fucking. They've seen the movie Mars Attacks. I'm they con- knows what we're going to I'm convinced they've been here all along myself and that they're somehow, if they're around, <laughs> living in the oceans or something like that. Um, 
Like, oh, you're talking yeah. like war, war of the worlds type of. Yeah, except I don't think they're here to like <laughs> to, <laughs> to divide and conquer. Like I think they would like to find a way to to leave, but they're having trouble with that for some reason. Uh, Maybe yeah. it seems a little weird that they could get here and then it does. get back. I guess it you does. Know, that happens all the time. You know, <laughs> right. we're, we're just yeah. there, like you know, episode of like family guy where they get stuck without their pad or right. like star wars or something <laughs> yeah. star trek you know like there's got to be one where they got stuck oh yeah yeah I'm they sure. had to find some part or some right sort of natural i'm sure that happens in more than one they're of just them. waiting for us to actually take one of those comets hit it with a satellite and knock it to earth and get all the resources they need to build their right to fuel their motor to get back out of here maybe that's it yeah maybe dude. they just can't get through the dude oh my goodness just That's blew my deep. mind. Wow. That's deep. Wow. Anyway, <laughs> so moving on. Um, <clears throat> my name for the week is uh, Roderick Justin, quote unquote, Rod Farrell. Rod. So, Rod Farrell? Rod Farrell. Farrell. Yeah, he was uh, about my age, really. He was born in Murray, Kentucky in 1980. And um, he went on to uh, form like a group of friends people that uh like a vampire clan um but uh anyway born in murray kentucky he was uh his mother was 17 when he was born and his dad left both of them soon after so his dad was never really around for his life likely story you know you always hear that one that seems to be a recurring thing actually what's funny is both of us have our dads still in our lives shout out to our dads yeah yeah we both have great dads and like it seems like everybody we talk about the first thing that happens is their dad dies in some crazy minor accident or dad just left well neither one of us have gone on to to murder people and think that we're a vampire either yet yet Yet. Although this guy did it way back in the 90s, so, you know, he's about my age, but at the time he well, I mean, was don't you 15. Start, don't you start losing your shit around 15 to 25, yeah, somewhere like in there? Yeah, things, uh, things start going awry, but it sounds yeah. like for him things were awry pretty much all yeah. of his life because uh, he lived with his history. grandparents most of his young life, and apparently his uh, grandfather was sexually abusive to uh, him, though all the articles I read made sure that I understood that those were just allegations. Right. And no charges were ever brought. Uh, right. Um, <clears throat> but also growing up, his mom was really into the occult and role-playing games, Dungeons & Dragons, that sort of thing. So he was introduced to uh, Dungeons & Dragons pretty early. Um, but soon became involved in a, uh, a, another role-playing game like Dungeons & Dragons called Vampire the Masquerade. Which I actually remember. I had one of their game books when I was younger. I don't remember that one. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it was, you know, basically a modern day sort of, or didn't have to be, I guess, depending on the story you were participating in, but like a modern day vampire sort of role playing game where your character was a vampire of some sort. All right. You went through adventures as a vampire, sucking blood. Yeah. Which, I mean, there's all sorts of... I'm sure it's fun to play, actually. You You actually have to hang upside down. (laughs) Right. Well, there was actually. Looking this up, some of the articles, there was a picture of who I think was Rod Farrell hanging oh, upside Rod. down. Yeah, old Rod Farrell. <laughs> like you look up pictures of the guys. It like, kind of wow. sounds like the name of a guy it's that like would hang upside dude. down. <laughs> right. He is still in prison, which we'll get to that. But uh, Spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. <clears throat> but um, So, yeah, his obsession with vampires began at the age of 15, and there's the name of the group. They, uh, he and 
like three or four other friends called their group Vampire Clan. I'm like, well, that's creative. Wow. Yeah. Like, there we go. They would get kicked <laughs> off of like Xbox so quick for that <laughs> shitty name. Right. Like, yeah. Vampire Clan. Like, here wow, we go, guys. You're really badass. Vampire <laughs> Clan. We're here to fuck you up. And they just all like, you know, like throw the grenade right. into their own building and kill all their own teammates constantly. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of how I play those games, yeah. actually. Like, and just, just pointing up at the else. sky and blasting. Just away. running. <laughs> You're the guy that runs straight across the street looking up, firing, right. and some guy just snipes you out of a yep, building. That's me. That's how I Sweet. play those I'm the games. guy that snipes you out of the building. <laughs> vampire <laughs> Clan. Vampire right. Clan. Wow, that's... So, yeah, then the Vampire Clan, they would perform all these sorts of rituals that you would be performing in the game vampire the masquerade right. and so uh, they involved like drinking each other's blood um <clears throat> and something they called crossing over which was a sort of ritual making out sort of thing where they drank each other's blood and kind of made out and, <laughs> at least with the guy with rod Fucking and the girls the bloody anyway. circle jerks going on <laughs> like what the fuck <laughs> right so um Names of the other members of the group, Scott Anderson, Charity Kesey, and Dana Cooper. So two girls, one other guy. Um, but also there's going to be... A They're vampiresses. Vampiresses. Vi- vi- yeah. Is that... Vampress? Yeah, vam- vampiress. Vampiress. Yeah, maybe vampiress. Vampiress. Send us an email if you know. Yeah, I'm Internet feeling podcast. very vampiress. Internet here podcast at Gmail. Yeah, please send us one. <laughs> if you know the answer to that. Tell it. Tell us how you what feel a, about vampires. What does a, la- a lady vampire call? Yeah, vampires. Vam- vamp- vampires. Vampires. <laughs> that doesn't sound right. Anyway, um, vampirina. But there would also be a third girl that would uh, that would be interested in joining this group, and that's where the whole uh, murder part of this story gets underway. Because uh, at a certain point in his teenage years, Rod and his mom had moved to Florida, just outside of Daytona, a little town called Eustis. Maybe it's not a little town. I just, in my mind, it's a little town. Florida. Florida. Same uh, thing. <laughs> different kind of hot. <laughs> yeah. Different coast. It's a wet heat. <laughs> oh, that wet heat. Uh, it's terrible. <sighs> and anyway, her name is Heather Windorf. Um, they became friendly when Rod and his mom moved down to Florida, which they only stayed like less than a year, apparently. But they're down there, and Heather had expressed to uh, Rod when he was leaving that she really wanted to join his vampire clan and like have him cross her over and be a vampire. And You have to know the secret handshake. <laughs> right. And so they concoct this plan to go to Florida and rescue Heather and bring her back to Kentucky so Rescue she could be her. okay. Yeah, because she has told them that her family is abusive to her. Right. That her she's being sexually abused by her dad, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I say et cetera, et cetera, because I mean all sorts of stories. It's like right. almost sounds fabricated, especially given what happens in the end, but right. like okay. especially given what her sister has said later on, like she was like, I just don't she may have been creating the story. Right. She may have been creating the story. To stories. get like some sort of sympathy or to right. acceptance or, or Yeah, or just, you know, Rod says that he had this horrible childhood, blah, blah, blah. Like I'm right. gonna be, Yeah, I want to associate yeah, somehow with him. I really or think like, he's awesome and like, yeah, I want like, him to think I'm cool and I want him to want me to come to Kentucky and be right. part of the vampire clan. Or sorry, no V, just Vampire Clan. Vampire Clan. 
<laughs> Without a D. I feel like I need to change all my screen names. Yeah, just to Vampire Clan. Yeah, instead of the Lumberzack. Although, be... that probably puts you on a list there, too, though. <laughs> if the Lumberzack <laughs> hasn't done it already. <laughs> right. Or all the other names that or I've had. Dr. <laughs> Dr. Bong Ripper. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Although, it should have been Ripper. Yeah, I think I'd, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um... <clears throat> So they concoct this plan to go rescue Heather. So they get in uh, Scott Anderson's car, and they drive down to Florida. Um, basically, when they get to Florida, they realize Scott's car is not really going to get them back or anywhere else for that right. matter. It's only so, good downhill. Right. They change the plan. And Heather says, well, my parents have this Ford Explorer that we can set it up so you can steal it, and we can uh, – which at this point the plan has changed so much they're now going to drive to New Orleans instead of back to Kentucky. Okay. They're doing lots of drugs. All right. Like, they're teenagers, 15 years old. They're, and this knows? is what, like early 90s? Yeah, this was uh, late 90s. Uh, okay. 95, I think, is 96, 95, somewhere in there okay. um, was when this was happening. And um, so, yeah, that's the plan. They're going to go to Heather's house. She's going to leave a key somewhere where they can get into the garage. They can get the car keys, blah, blah, blah. They're going to steal the car. Right. And... Um, so the two girls in the group drop Scott and Rod off um, near Heather's house, and they take Heather to uh, Heather's friend's house there in Eustis, Florida. And so the two guys, Scott and Rod, go, and they break into the house like agreed because she left a key for them. And uh, the plan was not to murder anyone, but apparently on the way into the house, Rod grabs a crowbar from in the garage Oh. And when they get in the house, um, the dad is sleeping on the couch, and Rod immediately starts beating him oh, with the geez. crowbar and, and murders him oh, right my away. God. So the wife, uh, Heather's mother, walks in, and, and she gets it too. The original plan was Jeez. not to murder her either, apparently, although it sounds right. like maybe. And this is the girl that just got just befriended them. Yeah. That's her family. Yeah, she, yeah that's her family. And uh, so, yes, both parents get murdered. They do steal the car. Heather goes with them. They uh, well, At that point, you have to take the car. I mean, right. it's going to walk away. Yeah, so they're taking the car. They uh, stop in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and one of the girls, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Charity Kesey, calls her grandmother, who lives in uh, Iowa, and asks for money because they've run out of money. They're trying to get to New Orleans. And her grandmother... <clears throat> basically calls the police on them, sets them up, tells them to go set up at this Howard Johnson hotel. And so when they get to the Howard Johnson, the cops are there. Wow. Yeah. And like... Short, short chase. (laughs) Short chase. And so the cops uh, catch them at the Howard Johnson's, you know, everyone. Which was was the 90s IHOP. (laughs) Which was the the 90s IHOP. We never never planned... We don't ever plan any of this, but it always <laughs> seems to come out. Because you're going to think something's funny here in a That's minute, too. That's exactly true, though. I remember calling it Hojo. It's going to get worse here in a minute, just so you know. <laughs> that's hilarious how that works out. Yes. But, they, hey, that's magic. That's yes. why you guys are listening. That is. Yeah, to get the magic. But um, I don't think there's a whole lot more to say, really. They go to prison. Uh, the two guys, uh, Rod gets a life sentence. Well, originally he's um, sentenced to death. And, uh, and, this, and this is in Florida. And this is uh, in Florida. And yeah. they took the death away from him in Florida? They, they did end up taking the death penalty away, and I'm trying to get to that part. I didn't take notes on that because I said, well, hey, give me a second. We'll get there. That's all right. Jeez. <clears throat> Let's see. 
I can't. I mean, Crowbar just seems. I mean, I watched. I've seen every single true crime TV show that there is. Yeah. And the ones where always, people get beaten to death are. Uh, yeah, Crowbar that's to the head. The worst. Right. I, I mean, agree. not that any of it's good, but. All right. And so finally at the sentencing, it is uh, 98 at this point. On February 12th, well, and I'm reading this from CourtTV.com. On February 12th, 1998, 17-year-old Rod Farrell pled guilty to killing a Eustace, Florida couple with a crowbar. The leader of a teenage vampire cult, Farrell was, Farrell was allegedly helped in the double slaying by his then-girlfriend, Charity Lynn Kesey, and two other members of the cult. Kind of got that detail wrong, because all the other stories I saw was the two guys that were in there. The victims, Richard Windorf and Naomi Queen, were the parents of Heather Windorf, a friend of Farrell's, and were beaten to death in their home on November 25th, 1996. Let's see. Let me, uh... 96. I was graduating high. Like, they didn't even finish high school. That's amazing. And we're going to get down to go through the attacks there. The trial against Farrell began on February 12th, 98. As the state offered its opening arguments, Farrell pled guilty to the four charges against him, armed burglary, armed robbery, and two counts of first-degree murder. The jury impaneled for his trial was then given the task of determining if Farrell should be given life in prison or death in Florida's electric chair. Let's see. Farrell's lawyers argued that his young age should be a mitigating factor in his sentence, as well as his emotional age, which a psychiatrist placed at three years of age, and his extreme emotional and mental disturbance. On February 23rd, the jury voted unanimously to give Farrell the death sentence. After additional testimony from both sides, Judge Jerry Lockett accepted the jury recommendation four days later and sentenced Farrell to the electric chair. He, uh, as of this article, he was the youngest person in Florida to sit on death row, and it remained that way for two years until his sentence was changed to life without parole because Florida right. and I think still has a no parole right on yeah. on those types of charges right 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 wow that's fucked up yeah and so he's still in prison the obviously um, yeah. the other guy did also get Scott Anderson got a life sentence um which in 2018 was uh, reduced to a 40-year sentence so he'll be out in uh because he was he'll essentially be an society. accessory yeah but, but he'll yeah. be in society in his 50s right which throughout he has um, expressed uh, remorse and saw all the things that you're supposed to, I guess, right. as, a, as yeah, a, an I mean, accessory. You know, if, you, if you go in thinking you're going to steal a car and then this crazy right. fuck just decides to bash people in, yeah. I'm not saying that you knew about it, but I mean, mm-hmm. you also were hanging out with the guy that you should know right. what kind of guy he is, too. Yeah. But I mean, you know, if they're all 17, like, I mean, you know, you look at some of the people and things you did when you were 17. Right. Well, the family has said. Uh, you know, after the sentence was reduced for that guy for the accessory, they said, you know, they were okay with uh, with Scott Anderson being released. You know, they weren't really the one he was worried about. They said that we never want Rod Farrell to get out right. of prison. Wow, um, you're yeah. 17, you get locked up, and like you could live, you could live a hundred years, yeah. and it's all in prison. Yeah, because you're dipshit. Because you're like a the, dipshit. the whole thing. Like, I mean, I get like your mental age and your emotional age, but three, like that seems it. That seemed a little, yeah. That's, I'm, I'm not but, um, saying that it's not that way, but I mean. There's lots of, uh, well, not lots, but there's uh, definitely some uh, recordings of interviews with Rod Farrell and stuff out there and Heather Windorf and uh, <coughs> the little bit of the Rod Farrell ones that I read. I didn't listen to any of them. Uh, pretty interesting. He had some, he's not a dumb guy, doesn't sound like. like right. He had some pretty interesting He didn't have the emotional say. age of a three-year-old? Not at this time, or not at the time of the interview, anyway, which is, I think, around 2018 as well. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you know, he's but, older, and yeah. he's been away from that 
Right. You don't get to do that kind of stuff yeah. in prison. It does seem like he understands what he did was abhorrent. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah. I mean, what do you do about it now? Well, yeah. There's yeah. nothing you can do to take it back. I mean, he's getting his sentence. That's fucked up. Yeah, so that's my uh, fucked up story for the week. Well, you know, it's kind of funny. and or not. I mean, not. It's well, hard to, right. It's hard to be funny it's when it comes <laughs> to this stuff because mine is about a woman named Anne Hamilton Byrne. And I'm going to just go ahead and... And preface this and say there is just a little bit of talk about and the people get abused during this. Children are abused. But it's yeah. not like it's no details or anything, okay. obviously. But um, Anne Hamilton Byrne uh, was born in 1921. And later on in the 60s, she became a yoga teacher and founded what's called The Family Another really quality name. I've heard of the family. The family was yeah. an Australian New Age group in the 60s, also known as the Great White Brotherhood and the Santina Keaton Park Association. Jesus. I need to remember how to say that word. I listened to it like 100 times, how to say the Santina Keaton. That's San, how you say it. Santina Keaton. S-A-N-T-I-N-I-K-E-T-A-N. Santina Keaton. Um, the family, the family's teachings were a mixture of Christianity, Hinduism, and other Eastern and Western religions, which basically meant to me, basically everything, a mixture. Right. And it was like Eastern and Western religions plus Christianity and Hinduism. I'm like, what <laughs> right. did you just say all religions? It's like, there's an easier way to say this. But the idea that they were doing was that spiritual truths are universal, right? right. They were teaching children major scriptures of these religions and the works of fashionable gurus at the time. And these were all guys from India. I wasn't even going to begin to try to un- pronounce any of their names. But, you know, these 60s, the 1960s, the... the you know, that movement was getting, like, you know, the Beatles were going over to right. India, and, like, all these people were finding, like, uh, Hinduism oh, yeah. and, and Buddhism. And, gurus. Like, following gurus and learning, doing yogas. And, yeah. Like, start, that was starting that movement really heavy, right? So We should be burning incense for this yeah, story. I have some. Yeah. Um, the basis of their philosophy was that Anne was the reincarnation of Jesus Christ, and she was a living God. And the inner circle was all these other people around were justified by, in their actions by claiming that they were reincarnation of the apostles. Right. So Anne was Jesus and the rest of them were the disciples, right? And that was like, and you you listen, they could do whatever they wanted because they were who they were, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. yeah, when you've got a nice excuse like that, right? Yeah, so uh, she was regarded in that group to be enlightened similarly to Buddha and Krisha, and she had come to Earth to help humanity. Um, her da- her adopted daughter, her name was Sarah Hamilton Byrne. She went on, she changed her name after all of this. Um, she later, in a book, described the family's beliefs as a hodgepodge of Christianity and Eastern mysticism. Yeah, hodgepodge, uh, there you go. That's yeah. what you were getting at earlier. Yeah. Um, 1961, she was leading philosophical discussion discussion groups hosted by this guy named Raynor Johnson. Raynor. 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 And it was at his home, which was called Santina Keaton. It was on the outskirts of Melbourne, Australia. kind of like that name, though. It does. It? Once I listened to it like 400 times on, because <laughs> it's a name of a town somewhere in India. Okay. 
but they, they they were creating these communities all over the world yeah. like the quasi hippies and the, you know that kind yeah. of and so they were naming them after like these places where gurus were from to, right. like you know like Santina Keaton West or whatever you know so, or you East stay you know? in this commune basically yeah. and and do yoga and fart on each other <laughs> yeah like eat fruit yeah dude do whatever do some Kama Sutra yeah. there you go um, Raynor was given weekly, he's giving weekly ta- talks called the Mi- the macrocosm and the microcosm. Oh and, um, while he was doing that, the family purchased adjoining property and then they, they, that's when they became Santina Keaton and then they built Santina Keaton Lodge. Sounds like a band name. Yeah. It does yeah. kind of roll off once you say it a hundred times. Santina Keaton. Yeah. Um, the group, the group, Santine Keaton group was, was, uh, made up of middle-class professionals mostly. And, uh, up to a quarter of them were nurses and medical personnel, personnel. And most of them were referred to her yoga classes and that's where they got indoctrinated. Yes. Yeah, uh, into the into the family, or as Chris was calling them, vampire cult. Well, vampire <laughs> vampire clan, vampire yeah, clan. no Z, just yeah. vampire clan. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> we're, this is the family. Uh, during the time that they were doing all this, uh, they there was a private psychiatric hospital nearby called New Haven, and it was owned by a Santita Keaton member. And many of the staff there and the psychiatrists were also members of Santina Keaton and the family. Oh, Got to watch those cults, man. Many of the patients at New Haven were—I mean, this was you know obviously psychiatric ward, you know, mental hospital. They were treating them using LSD, and they were given new. They were trying. They were trying to con- convince them to join. Like they were giving them all these psychedelics and stuff, and then <laughs> free drugs. Uh, at least one of the members was given LSD, electroconvulsive therapy, and at least two lobotomies. Wow. So, I mean, they were doing some fucked up stuff yeah. to people, right? Uh, later on, 1986, New Haven closed and was later subject to a lawsuit brought on by relatives of dead group members. And and the family goes on to win that case, so they're not held accountable for any of that. They can't prove that all that was done. Because all the doctors were in cahoots. They were all hiding all this right. shit, you know. But they were trying it out. Like, hey, this person's, nobody comes to see them. They already have these things. Let's give them huge doses of LSD is what happens. And, yeah. you know, and then convert the other ones to come to us. And, and I'm sure it's very interesting. I'd love to lead a cult. <laughs> well, between 1968 <laughs> and 75, uh, and, on. and the, uh, the quote, acquired was in the thing she acquired 14 infants and young children with her partner bill interest from 1968 to 1975 so like kidnapped them well some of them were natural <coughs> children of members of the family that so that somebody in the group would have a baby and then she took they would acquire it <laughs> they would give her yeah she would take the baby right, right? so uh, others were obtained through irregular adoptions that could easily be arranged through many of the family members so, I mean, all these people were prominent people that were, hmm. you know, in the Victoria area, Melbourne area, they were all, I mean, you know, people did certain jobs and they could get, you know, some people were in government and stuff and they could forge these papers or whatever. All, right. all the ba- all the children were given fake birth birth certificates. Birth. Uh, birth. Birth, yeah. certific- birth certificates. Birth certificates. Uh, Bill and Ann took the surname of Hamilton Byrne and it was also given to all the children. All the kids... 
you, you can look this up if you want. All the kids dressed alike, and their, their yeah. hair was all dyed blonde. I had pulled up an article here. I see the picture. They're it's like, like creepiness. Yeah, like little it's... blonde druid looking. But yeah, like yeah, they're yeah. all like, you can tell they've got. Well, what's that? The omen <laughs> looks like that one little kid right there in the front. Looks like the kid from oh, the omen. Oh, his eyes all bugging. Yeah, yeah, the blonde hair and the. I think it's yeah. the omen. At one point, there were up to twenty-eight kids that were all Anne's kids, right? Um, they were all homeschooled at the property known as Uptop. She's got some giant glasses. She's, by the way. she's, yeah, she's a. <laughs> she got old bug screens. Hell yeah! Mm-hmm. Like look at a map and people are waving at you, mm-hmm. kind of glasses. Although the tint orange is probably pretty awesome. To 70s, wear some orange glasses. That picture that you're seeing might be like from the seventies. Yeah, or that's 80s. what it looks like. Um, anyway, sorry. Uh, they were told, and all the kids were homeschooled at that up top and told that Anne was their mother and the other adults other adult women and men were called aunties and uncles so because that um, just makes it sound creepier for some reason yeah well they were they were raised the kids were raised as a part of a so-called master race and they were told that they would someday take over the world so i mean they're like indoctrinating them real young right yeah um they were denied almost all access to the outside world and the kids were disciplined with frequent severe beatings and a lot of times that was for little or no reason like just because they didn't sit up straight or something might get a a real beating um and then they were basically starved most of the time and even as kids they were frequently dosed with many different psychiatric drugs like diazepam and i mean that was the only one there were like 10 or 15 that were listed in the article oh, wow. and that was the only one i knew i could pronounce it's like I mean, a list of side effects so for one drug yeah it was a ton of different wow. psych- psychiatric drugs um and once they reached adolescence they were initiated with lsd and left in a dark room alone with occasional visits from Anne or one of the psychiatrists i mean i'm talking like I mean, weeks that doesn't at a sound time. so bad weeks I'm at a time kidding. just being pumped with lsd but they're like 15 like oh i'm joking 100 <clears> percent. <throat> right no matter how yeah. old you are that sounds like hell yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean you know i I mean, we don't condone it, but I mean, if you're going to do it, a dark do- room by yourself is not the way to do it. Don't do it that way. You don't have to go to like a festival and do it, but I mean, you know. Yeah, probably don't do it. Th- I mean, just don't do it, really. Yeah. If you don't, in- if you're not interested in it, uh, research. <laughs> do your own right, research. Yeah. So, um, yeah. After she begins a connection with this group called the Siddha 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 Yoga Movement, and took some of her quote children quote, unquote, and (laughs) they went to South Fallsburg, New York, to an ashram, which is in the cat. this place is in the Catskills, and they were, uh, you know, they were following some yogi that was there, Um, she purchased a property right there, near there, as her U.S. base, and she bought a place in, it's called Broom Farm in England, to use as her English base to, like, expand the family or whatever, right? Man. So she's, like, taking it worldwide. That was, that was wow, you just read yeah. my mind. I was going to say worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she eventually eventually gets in trouble up at the one in New York. and <clears throat> I mean, she's definitely, <clears throat> excuse me, interested in taking over the world. Yeah. I mean, Wow. And she's like, you know, every chance she gets, she's going to take a kid, you know, whatever. Take Pinky in the brain, but yeah. not. Um, so, uh, yeah, she eventually stirs up some trouble with that ashram in the Catskills. 
Uh, she takes a few of the members of that group and converts them to members of the family. So she's snagging other cult members away from her cult, right? Um, <laughs> Sarah, the daughter, who later on wrote the book, she uh, recalls that she didn't understand why anyone would want to join a sect where everybody was so miserable when all those people at the ashram were so happy. Because she, she lived with Anne for her whole – she right. grew up there, right? Yeah. For like 17 years. And uh, she knew it was just so miserable. Like, but Right. She just had this way of charming people to come into the family, even though it was going to be terrible for them too, right? Huh. Yeah, I mean, how? Yeah, I guess you just don't know till you know. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, how or until you're happen? out. But you yeah, know? I mean, it happens to a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, or then you end up going into somebody's house to steal a car and that kind of you know. beating them to death with a crowbar because yeah, I mean, you're high on LSD. Yeah, or awesome. high, is that you're tripping? Not I mean, high on it. Well, I mean, I guess you are technically <laughs> right. Um, eighty-three, nineteen eighty-three. <laughs> you know, um, not two thousand eighty-three. Right, or 1883, because this definitely sounds like something more likely to happen in 1883 than 1983, right? But I mean, <laughs> Fair enough, in yeah. Australia, it's not, you know. And somehow that makes it creepier with the accents yeah. all around. Hello, mate. <laughs> Join the family, mate. <laughs> Drag it to the bush. <laughs> no, that was not a good accent, but was, you get the idea. That was, you know, I mean, <laughs> neither one of us are known for accents. I mean, except for the one we got. Uh, all right. Anyway. Uh, yeah, in 83, the Australian federal police go to Kai, Kai Lama, which is the name of the Australian property, one of the properties that she has. And they're looking for a missing girl named Kim Holm, but they never find anything of that girl and nothing, no charges or anything ever comes up. But they, you know, they're pretty sure that she was there and they never could find anything. Hmm. Uh, 1987, Sarah, the one I've talked about before, was kicked out of the house and she was 17. She got kicked out for arguing and like rebellious behavior. So, you know, being a teenager. Right. Uh, she went to private investigators once she got out, and uh, she's known to be to play a significant role in bringing the family to the attention of the Victoria police. Uh, well done, girl. So when she came out, she basically went and like, hey, this, this shit's happening here. You need to check it out, right? Right. Um, 1987, August 14th, Kai Lama was raided, and all the children were removed. Uh, seven female group members were charged with social security fraud and authorities began Operation Forest, an investigation involving Australia, the United States, and the UK. So as soon as that happened, Anne was out of there. She was gone. All these other aunties get charged and they're all getting, they all got minimal charges for fraud and things like that. Right. Obstruction or whatever. Uh, 1990, a former member named Peter Kibbe, <clears throat> which is... Another funny name. Peter Kibbe <laughs> begins cooperating. Is that K I B B E? K I B B Y. Oh. Yeah. Uh, he, Peter, Peter begins cooperating and confesses to forging birth records on orders from Anne. And former auntie Patricia McFarland gives information to the police about adoption scams that the family was using. So they were doing a lot, but not only for their own kids, but other kids too. Right. Anybody that would have a kid that they didn't like want in the family, then they would just send them out for adoption and shit too. So, yeah, it's um, messed up. In '93, Anna Bill are arrested in the Catskills by the FBI and are extradited, extradited to Australia and charged with conspiracy to defraud and committing perjury 
when they falsified the birth records of just a set of triplets that weren't theirs. So all these other ones, they don't have them on any of that. Hmm. They get on that unrelated children that they forged a birth certificate on. Those charges were dropped, and they played. They Bill and Ann pled guilty to the charge of false declaration and fined five thousand dollars. That was it. I guess when you're trying to get somebody, you try to get them on. That's whatever the, the only hell you charge can. this crazy ever got. That's insane. Like on Ever. all that thing, that's the only thing. After this all goes on, she becomes a recluse, and the only time that people really ever saw her was in Bill's funeral in 2001. Wow. Yeah, I just saw she died at 97. Yeah. Sorry if I uh, stole your thunder uh, there. Uh, in 2009, Sarah goes to see Anne at her compound in Victoria to try to, you know, make amends. And, like, you know, uh, Anne was already beginning to suffer from dementia and said she was ready to die after being reunited with her favorite daughter and she said that everybody else was lying bastards and she would love to put them right but couldn't and she had decided against suing her critics Hmm. she put all the blame on all the aunties and that was as far as she would ever go into admitting anything they're still at 2013 they were still having like power struggle over who was going to be her successor right uh one guy that had escaped ben shinton who had been adopted in the family at 18 months after he escaped as a young adult. And he said that the group had become a, quote, toothless tiger. Toothless tiger. Yeah. Uh, 2014, Raynor there. Raynor, buddy. Raynor. He, uh, it's going to name my kid. I'm not going to have a kid, probably. His secret <laughs> diaries are released to the public where he outlines how the group started, what its aim was, and how it grew. Yeah, like you said, she got to live a good long life to 97. And everybody was kind of pissed that she never got any charges against her. Uh, Sarah went on to become a doctor with her name changed to Sarah Moore. And she wrote a book called Unseen, Unheard, Unknown in 1995. Mm. Uh, she She worked in hospitals and did extensive volunteer work in India and in Thailand. And began a charity called Barefoot Basics, which aims to help provide health insurance to indigenous and displaced people in countries like India. Hmm. Uh, then in 2005, she was definitely like starting to have problems. I, you know, I think that a lot of her life probably created a lot of problems and she got charged with selling or writing prescriptions for herself, forging them. And in 2008, she attempted suicide. Uh, she, after that, she got what she said was mistreatment by hospital staff and had her leg amputated and used her wheelchair, used the wheelchair until she died in 2016 mm. and from heart failure at the age of 46. Wow. Um, later that year, they released a documentary called The Family. And in 2019, they released a three-part miniseries that expands the documentary called The Cult of the Family. And I wrote. Yeah. Um, I saw whichever one was on Netflix about that. Yeah, that might have just been the family. Might have just. I think it was just the family. Uh, and and I wrote Anne Hamilton Byrne was a real piece of shit that didn't get what <laughs> was coming for, her, but also Sarah Moore who kicked ass and helped stop this crazy cult shit. So that's been that what what this story is about. Yeah. So yeah, Anne Hamilton Byrne. So we both ended up talking about cults. Weirdly enough, it is weird. 
Yeah, we don't tell. Clan. We still, like we said, we don't tell each other what we're talking about till we get here and do this. So, and then we had the escape news stories too. We're we're, we're yeah. on track, y'all. Yeah. So definitely, uh, we really got to pick up uh, listener requests, though. You know, email us. Uh, yeah, you know, that'd an be idea awesome. If you want, if you give us some ideas. If you don't hear it on this, you might hear it on our other mini mini sodes. Yeah, or if you've got another crackers. You've got another theory of a Mandela effect. Bring it on. We will argue with Definitely. you. Definitely. Um, well, you yeah, won't get and, to argue, but do us a favor and tell <laughs> tell five people about us, and you know, yeah. help us get some subscribers. There We're definitely go. getting some more people listening, getting some new people listening, which is great. And we want more people. Uh, so we want all the people. We're kind of like, like uh, us, you know. Anne follow Hamilton us. Burn. Follow us, and uh, <laughs> yeah, Chris will soon be pretending that he's the reincarnation of jesus christ oh yeah i've been doing that for a while just yeah we're friends i haven't really let you know yet yeah well maybe i'm already in there and i don't even know like i'm so far in that halloween you dressed up as jesus christ i yeah that picture you took with uh mother Teresa. yeah oh yeah oh that was a great night i never had to do anything at that party (laughs) yeah everybody just wanted to take everybody yeah but everybody's like can i get you another beer my savior yes (laughs) you can yes you can i never even got near the keg at that party (laughs) that was great yeah you just hung out with mother Teresa, and it was pretty weird like hot hot uh, nun jesus and hot nun Yeah, yeah, well, it was fat Jesus, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to... American Jesus. American <laughs> Jesus is definitely... American Jesus. Yeah, well, I mean, American Jesus is going to be <laughs> chubbier than the rest of the world Jesus, uh, right? I mean, yeah, probably. So, yeah. Uh, um, Sorry, I threw you, threw you off track. All right. And if if you're still listening to us, we appreciate mm-hmm. it. Follow us and subscribe on whatever yeah. platform. We're and on pretty much everything. You've forgotten to uh, mention the... Please donate your organs. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, organdonor.gov. And actually, the government right now is working on a revamp of the system to make more get more access for for uh, organ donors. Nice. Which is great. So, yeah. And you um, don't have to donor them until you die. Right. Yeah, I mean, you can for a couple things. I mean, sure. you don't really want to give up, like, your heart, I guess. I mean. Yeah, I doubt but, you'd want to do or, that. Or, like, the eyeball. But, I mean, if you got a kidney. Right. Mm-hmm. You might want to think about giving one up. Yeah. You know, you lose a couple pounds. Hopefully you won't need it. Get it replaced with some sort of bionic thing that makes you go off on a metal detector. <laughs> I don't know. I'm no doctor. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck I'm They're talking about. They're going to put about. a steel sack in your belly. We're just a couple of dummies, so, you know, whatever. <laughs> just two dummies talking. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, check us out on uh, whatever platform you like. And uh, check out our other minisodes on episode or uh, entertainment crackers <laughs> yeah and, uh, please we'll do see. those are fun absolutely if you got any ideas let us know we'll talk to you next time bye bye